0: This is the 96th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze. Last week, it was 21 hours of Fox News, and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Let's get into it. Fox News, a flurry of town halls before Iowa, Taylor Swift is a defense asset, and DEI will kill you. Here's just a sampler of the four town halls of the Republican candidates I watched and analyzed from last week. I think Biden should be fired. Cruel as it
1: sounds, you gotta send him back.
0: He put us $8
1: trillion in debt in just four years. Trump, on a good day, might be up over Biden by two points. Wall Street Journal had him up by four. I'm in every one of those same polls. I defeat Biden by
2: 17 points.
3: I've traveled to all 99 counties. They're spending your money now to promote things like transgenderism in Bangladesh. Media, I mean, who does the media not want to be the candidate? Me. They're after me all the time. One breaks into your home, you would have every right to use lethal force to protect your family. Yet somebody can cut a hole into a wall and break into our country, and we're just supposed to let that happen? Not on my watch.
1: They allow independents and Democrats to vote in the Republican Primary, YOU SAY WHAT'S THAT ALL ABOUT? SO uh, IT'S A LITTLE BIT FALSE IN THAT REGARD. But AND YOU SAY TONIGHT THAT POLITICAL VIOLENCE IS NEVER ACCEPTABLE. WELL, OF COURSE THAT'S RIGHT. AND OF COURSE I'M THE ONE THAT HAD VERY LITTLE OF IT. BUT WE HAVE CHAOS NOW. LOOK AT TODAY WITH HUNTER BIDEN GOING INTO, the, going into CONGRESS AND JUST SITTING DOWN AND THE BEDLAM THAT'S BEEN CAUSED. TODAY YOU HAVE CHAOS. I THINK MOST OF THE CHAOS WAS CAUSED BY THE DEMOCRATS CONSTANTLY GOING AFTER ME. Phoning Russia, Russia, Russia. I mean, if you look at Ukraine, 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 everything was phoning. Trump is a dictator. He wants to be a dictator. We are going to have the largest deportation effort in the history of our country. Many of those people come from jails and prisons. Many of those people come from mental institutions and insane asylums. And many of those people are terrorists. Shut down the deep state. I have a deeper understanding of the Constitution, so I'm not going to be duped when I shut down agencies and fire a large number of bureaucrats, when I use our military on our southern border, not just build the wall, when I actually end birthright citizenship for the kids of illegals. I think this system wants to effectively narrow this field down to a two-horse race between Donald Trump and a puppet who they can control, then to eliminate Donald Trump from contention and trot in their puppet to the White House.
0: There's something about Vivek Ramaswamy's voice. That always makes me giggle a little bit. And then when he says things like, they're going to take a puppet and trot it out. I'm just picturing a trotting puppet. What does that even mean? Puppet trotting. Trotting puppet. Does that mean it's somehow a horse or a goat and can trot? Is it an oxen? What is it? I'm not sure, but it's a puppet. And it's going to go into the White House over Donald J. Trump. I'm sorry, I'm a horrible person, but I have to make fun of his voice. Because I don't think it's authentic. I don't think he actually talks like that all the time. I think he was trained to talk like that. And I know that because I'm a weirdo who took a lot of classes in how to talk. It's basically a degree in theater, which is pretty much useless. I, you know, unless you have rich parents or your parents are already in the industry or something, it's 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 a difficult gig. Um, I could have had a STEM career. That's why I make fun of myself all the time for this. I was offered an actual scholarship in geology at University of Missouri at Rolla. If you're from Missouri, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, it was it now is called a STEM school at the time it was not, and I didn't want to study geology. I would have probably worked in fracking now, doing evil things to the planet. So I'm kind of glad. Yes, if you like fracking, I'm sorry. I just offended you. But anyway, moving on. So last week, things took a surprising turn when multiple Fox personalities promoted the idea that diversity, equity, and inclusion programs could cause death and destruction. Um, They also hyped up the Iowa caucus and insinuated that the pop star Taylor Swift was a psyop working for the Department of Defense. I can't make this up. It was that weird of a week. So Fox News also featured hour-long town halls for three of the Republican presidential candidates. And Greg Gutfeld threw Vivek Ramaswamy a bone and added him to two short segments on his show Thursday and Friday last week. So the network seemingly added these at the last minute and provided no advance promotion. So I had no idea they were coming. And last week I started the week and I just went, oh, come on. And I'm like, well, I have to get them. And I did uh, did a fact check. This is why everything's a little screwy this week on Trump's entire town hall. I did not intend to. I did not intend to. I started off with like, well, I, I... I fact-checked a couple of things, and then I just kind of couldn't stop. And it became like a crazed, like this must, like a quest. Like I had to do it. And it ended up taking up my entire Saturday. And when I mean my entire Saturday, I mean my entire Saturday. I was up late at night just going through it, like proofreading it, fixing it, finding more links. I could not stop. I was like a possessed woman. And it broke me a little bit. (laughs) Broke me emotionally. And the little tiny bit of spirituality that might be left in me after being raised strict Catholic, sort of peaked up and then dimmed because (laughs) um, Trump was so horrible. Anyway, it was, I'll just add this very quickly, the top performing thing I've ever produced for Decoding Fox News. The numbers on it are crazed, crazed. Could not believe it. Could not believe it was that popular. Hey, corporate media, fact check Trump. Fact check Trump. Do it. Washington Post does a great job. They're pretty much the only ones. When I read other attempts to fact check him, I'm always disappointed. There are three um, sources that do consistently a good job fact checking Donald J. Trump Washington Post, PolitiFact, and factcheck.org. However, those two uh, latter ones are nonprofits. They don't get everything he does, nor does the Washington Post. It's difficult. He just produces so much nonsense. So, Anyway, moving on. So meanwhile, last week, Hunter Biden decided to show up unannounced to a House Oversight Committee hearing that was supposed to be a resolution to hold him in contempt of Congress. He offered to testify publicly, but the Republican members refused to vote on it. Fox News barely mentioned the Israel-Hamas war or the ever-worsening humanitarian crisis in Gaza. Last week, in the 21 hours I covered on Fox News, Hunter Biden was mentioned 108 times while the word Israel only showed up 49 times in the transcripts. And I suspect that was only because it was mentioned a few times in the town halls of the various candidates. The PBS NewsHour dedicated 11% of its airtime to the conflict, while Fox included three 30-second segments about the war, or 0.18%, so that's about two-tenths of a percent, of the total programming that I covered last week. The network also spent a lot of time on the border crisis and an incident in Brooklyn where high school students were told to go back to remote learning for a day while migrant families were sheltered in classrooms during a violent winter storm. Anyone who was watching Fox News exclusively last week would have missed out on stories about flooding in Central Africa, an upcoming election in Taiwan, and South Africa's attempt to charge Israel with acts of genocide In The Hague. Fox did not even mention it. I also want to mention, because I noticed this on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, that um, there have been several pro Israel protests in New York uh, for the past couple weeks. Fox has not covered them. They don't show them. They don't talk about them. They don't mention them. But they'll show every pro Palestine protest they can find. They especially like any sort of confrontation that they can get on camera between protesters and the general public or any kind of protest that sort of doesn't reflect the best on the pro-Palestine movement. If the network really was supporting Israel, you would think that they would, I don't know, show some pro-Israel protests that are happening all over New York City. But they don't. They just don't. So the shows I covered last week, This Is Why It Was 21 Hours, were Fox and Friends, The Five, The Ingram Angle, Jesse Waters' primetime, he had Tony Robbins on, and I wanted to see that for a specific reason. That was Tuesday. And then the town halls were Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, Thursday and Friday. We're basically, were Monday through Wednesday. It went Nikki Haley, uh, Ron DeSantis, Trump, and then Thursday and Friday, Greg Gutfeld featured Vivek Ramaswamy on for seven minutes, roughly, on two different shows. It was very weak. Um, He was like calling in via video It was stupid But I captured all of it So that was a lot of extra hours And I got to see two more episodes of Gutfeld I've only watched three total The show is dreadful So moving on to DEI Diversity, equity, and inclusion Will kill you On Friday, January 5th A door plug blew out of Alaska Airlines flight 1282 At 16,000 feet As the plane was flying out of Portland, Oregon Miraculously, no one was killed as the closest seats to the gaping hole in the plane were empty. Some passengers had injuries that required medical attention, but were cleared soon after they sought treatment. Alaska Airlines and United Airlines both immediately grounded most of the Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes in their fleet, the same model involved with the accident. United Airlines also found problems with this plane that involved bolts on the door plug that needed tightening. Boeing doesn't have the greatest reputation as the company has had problems before with other types of planes. On Tuesday, on The Ingram Angle, Laura Ingram was the first Fox News personality in the shows I covered last week who made the assumption that the accident was somehow caused by Boeing's diversity, equity, and inclusion hiring policy. The Fox host had absolutely no evidence to support her theory, but that wasn't going to stop her from promoting it. Um,
2: but Boeing, you know have the the doors have fallen off the planes, but at least you know they 're meeting their diversity goals, I guess, in Boeing, because they say our goal was to achieve diverse interview slates for at least ninety percent of managers and executives in their openings, and they brag that they exceeded that target with ninety two percent of interview slates being diverse, resulting in forty seven percent diverse hires at the management and executive levels now, Horace. We can't link the diversity efforts to what happened, and, you know, that would, you know, take an exhaustive investigation, but it's worth asking at this point, is excellence what we need in airline operation, or is diversity the goal here?
0: Now, this is what I suspect happened. DEI, or diversity, equity, and inclusion, is kind of like the new CRT or the new boogeyman on, in right-wing media and on Fox where they're basically blaming everything on diversity, equity, inclusion, DEI. And it's a way of basically being openly racist, I guess. There, there's no nice way of putting this. Um, because they keep bringing this up now. It's like DEI. They, they were bringing up CRT, CRT, CRT. That got old because it was hard to prove that you were pushing, actually pushing critical race theory to six-year-olds, even though they tried to say that schools were doing that when they weren't. Um, But this DEI is the new kind of buzzword. So I suspect that some intern or low-level employee, either at Fox or at another right-wing media company, probably searched through uh, the website that Boeing would have for shareholders, which is available to anyone, where you can look through press releases, earning reports, and find language like this, where they are bragging about the fact that they're Diversity, equity, and inclusion hiring has improved because that's something that some investors use to decide if they're going to invest in a company or not. That's called ESG, which is kind of separate because that's about investing, not hiring. But um, the fact that Laura Ingram is making this leap, that something uh, something like a policy that's supposed to make a more diverse workforce would lead to an accident like this is patently absurd. She has no evidence to prove what she just said, zero. And then this got picked up later uh, later in the week, Thursday on The Five, in the same segment, Dana Perino and Greg Gutfeld also made the same conclusion. Questions has to be, not just from FAA, but from Boeing's board of directors, has the company been distracted by other priorities that don't have to do with safety? And if the answer is yes, And we're gonna have a bigger problem on our hands, and air travel for the foreseeable future could be very difficult. Right? I think every industry
2: is saddled with uh, a new priority, and that new priority came from above and told them. That this had to be done. So what happened is you have a you have a company that's based on a profit. That's that should be the leading thing. You you need to be a successful, effective company. Then you create this parallel mission that has no profit mar, profit motive whatsoever. And then people are like, oh, well, we just have to do it anyway. So this this suffers.
0: So Greg Gutfeld's argument there is probably one of the weakest you could make in this situation. He's basically saying if the company was just focused on making profits, this sort of thing wouldn't happen. That is so easy to to knock down. Let's just go through one example of a corporation um, cutting corners to save costs and increase profits that led to unnecessary deaths and all kinds of safety problems. So in the late 1960s and early 1970s, One of the most notorious examples of companies ignoring safety over profits involved, Ford Motor Company and the Pinto, an inexpensive subcompact car that sometimes burst into flames at low-speed rear-end collisions. Ford conducted crash tests on the Pinto and knew that there were safety concerns about rear-end collisions. The estimated price for safety improvement for the Pinto might have cost the company around to eight dollars per vehicle but ford reasoned that the cost increase outweighed the benefits the company continued to produce the less safe version of the car for six years an internal report titled fatalities associated with crash induced fuel leakage and fires revealed the cost benefit reasoning Ford used to not make changes to the Pinto design. The report was not specifically focused on the Pinto, but it did apply to all of Ford's cars. Gutfeld's basic argument that companies that pursue profits above all else produce safer products is as flawed as the gas tank on a 1968 Pinto. And uh, just for full disclosure, my parents owned a Pinto station wagon, which apparently was not the model that blew up. But we made fun of it as we rode around in it without seatbelts on when we were little kids. <laughs> we would ride in the back. This is a Gen Xer for you. We, you know, raised by wolves. They put us in the back of the station wagon. Which was this, it was a little tiny station wagon because they were little cars. Um, when we were like five and six, we had no seat belts, no car seats, nothing. And we acted like it was a spaceship. I, I have no idea how we survived. Anyway, on Friday, um, Laura Ingram took things even further. And I openly admit I laughed out loud at one point. What's more important, DEI
2: or your life?
0: What's more important, DEI or your life? I openly admit, when she said that in real time, I laughed out loud. I had to stop my computer. I just went, okay, that's insane. Parody, reality, parody, reality, it's hard to tell on Fox.
2: I'm going to explain how the country's obsession with diversity is becoming life-threatening. The left's slavish obsession with forcing the so-called diversity inclusion standards on America, it's shredding the standards of excellence in everything from business to academia, even to the military. Now, in some settings, when DEI comes first and merit second, this may mean needless American deaths in a lot of them. Boeing recently bragged not about being the best in the business, but about surpassing its diversity quotas, with 92% of interviewees, they say, being diverse. Oh, goody. But then, not so good, a door flying off one of Boeing's 737 Supermaxes.
0: So I also looked up um, how common. Diversity, equity, and inclusion policies are. And according to a Pew Research Center survey of American workers, about 61% said that their company or organization had policies that ensured fairness in hiring, um, pay, or promotion. And 52% say that they had trainings or meetings about DEI at work. And according to Corporate Compliance Insights, an estimated 80% of U.S. employers have implemented DEI initiatives. So this is not rare. Fox is on this push that they're all, every company's ending their DEI programs. I, I'm not sure if I buy that, but yes, this is like the new boogeyman. I'm sure we're going to have many more segments where they're going to just magically blame DEI for any number of things. So this next clip involves an incident that happened in Brooklyn, where I live, not in my neighborhood, but Not that far away from where I live. So last Tuesday, students at a public high school in Brooklyn were told at the last minute that they would have to switch to remote learning for a day as their school was used as an emergency shelter for migrants. The migrants had been staying in a sprawling tent complex on a former airport in a remote area of Brooklyn. A severe winter storm was expected in the region and officials worried that the tents wouldn't be able to handle the wind and rain. So the decision was made to move the migrants to the high school. Elected officials from both parties were outraged over this, as were many parents of students and local residents. Fox News pushed the story for more than one day on the network. On Wednesday on Fox and Friends, Steve Ducey and Ansley Anhart took this took a dark turn with the story. That's the best way I can describe it. The Biden's, the Biden's crisis. So
2: when you're going to the polls, just remember this is his crisis, and you didn't know much about the crisis before, probably because you didn't live in Texas. But now the rest of the country is discovering what his crisis looks like because many of these migrants are moving into right. your community. They get free housing. They get free food. Uh, they everything's for free. Longer. They don't pay for anything. And then when you look at what we're paying per student to go to school in New York City, more than forty-five thousand a student. And right. they're being kicked out, and someone else is moving in that didn't come here the right way. And I love that soundbite of the man who said, I'm from Israel, it right. took me more than a decade to get here. We did it the right, right. way. Why do you think you can jump the line? Well, those migrant right. kids are
1: winding up with an education that costs taxpayers forty-five thousand dollars
4: per Good kid. Point. When you okay. look
1: when you look at the Rio Grande River and we see the, the migrants coming across with the children, your heart breaks for it. But you, the number of right. kids who wound up in New York City schools, just remember, just see an, an invisible 45k on each one of those kids
0: so that has to be probably the worst thing i've heard steve Ducey say on fox and friends in the two some odd years almost two years that i've been doing this project uh children do not have control over the actions of their parents they do not have control over the decisions of their parents and i can say this with full confidence that new york city taxpayers and new york state taxpayers Would definitely be worse off if these kids did not get a free education. And I want to say proudly that New York State actually guarantees a free public education from the age for any student age five to 21. Uh, And in New York City, all kids get a free breakfast and a free lunch if they go to public school. Personally, I think that's money well spent. (laughs) I think that's a a cheaper way of dealing with a a load of societal problems is let's get these kids in school. Let's get them learning. Let's get them up to speed. Let's make them into productive um, members of society. I I, I can't even, I, I can't even fathom why anybody would argue anything other than that. And I would gladly Spend my tax dollars to educate the child of an undocumented immigrant. Yes, 100%. I will add very quickly that the um, plan to put the migrants into a high school was probably a bad one. i uh, <laughs> There had to have been another space they could have put them in. And of course, I, I, I think that people had every right to be angry about that. And it's terrible optics, terrible optics. And apparently, the migrant families kind of went through hell. They got them up at like 4 30 in the morning to move them. There's just problems, problems, problems. Um, but, you know, uh, New Yorkers let uh, their elected officials know how they felt about that. Both Republicans, Democrats, and other elected officials were very angry about it. I think they had every right to be. Now, next up, I should give a word to my sponsor since I'm about halfway through. And I will admit, I'm kind of rushing to get this thing finished because Iowa is tonight. I didn't want to wait to do this tonight because I'll probably be doing another podcast on Iowa. <laughs> i'm laughing this past weekend the um trump fact check and then i did a twitter thread on the four um town halls that i covered and then i did a special thing for paid subscribers on the town halls that i covered so i'm just kind of in the weeds i've been so busy um but i want to get this finished so i can be up all night going through how fox and pbs cover the iowa caucus but before i do that I want to give a brief shout out to my sponsor. And my sponsor is listeners of this podcast and readers of my newsletter. That is 100% how I survive. I have no large donor. I have no large sponsor. I have hundreds of tiny sponsors, basically, is how this works. Um, You can become a paid supporter of Decoding Fox News for $5 a month or $55 for the year. That is the lowest amount I could get on Substack. Or you can also become a paid supporter at my Patreon. Paid subscribers and supporters get exclusive con- content that's not available to f- people who are not paid subscribers. Um, I also want to give a shout out to some people who bought some items on my Amazon wish list. Thank you so much. It means the world to me. Right now, the only thing that's really left is cat food and snacks because all the office supplies have been bought up. Thank you so much. So the first one is David and Kathy who bought cat food. Thank you so much. Sarah. Sarah bought coffee and RX bars. Those are like snacks. Thank you so much. Uh, Paper from Tina, just use your first name. Thank you so much, Tina. And then Charlie bought Churu treats for the kitties. And then Theodore bought cat treats for the kitties. And then finally, Tina also bought cat treats, same Tina, bought cat treats for the kitties. I had all the receipts separately. That's why those got split. And thank you so much. I really appreciate it. If you can't afford to financially support the project, the best way to support the project is to share the podcast, talk about the podcast, share the newsletter, share the fact check um, of Donald J. Trump. A lot of people did. That's why that one was gangbusters. Um and now moving on, we'll talk about Jesse Waters thinking he's an attorney. So on Tuesday on the 5, Jesse Waters had some strong opinions about Trump's recent appeal for immunity on charges that he plotted to overturn the results of the 2020 election.
3: I just want you to cover the things he says. Hmm. Like how he wants to be dictator on day one. He wants them to cover the jokes and the hoaxes. Don't cover the actions Donald Trump takes, because the actions are pretty good if you look at the record. I did a deep dive on this law. The Supreme Court, please back me up. I'm begging you. In 82, the Supreme Court says the presidents have immunity for what they do when they take official acts as president. And so if the president's the chief executive officer, he has the sole authority to execute and enforce the law of the land. Donald Trump will just argue that I was uh, enforcing election fraud, I was pursuing allegations of election fraud. I WAS PURSUING RECOUNTS. I WAS PURSUING ELECTION CHALLENGES. I WAS PURSUING ALTERNATIVE uh, SLATES OF ELECTORS. IF YOU SAY THAT ANY OTHER PRESIDENT, ONCE THEY LEAVE OFFICE, THE FOLLOWING PRESIDENT JUST CAN COME IN WITH LAWYERS AND INDICT THE FORMER GUY, THAT'S CRAZY. THAT MEANS JOE BIDEN CAN BE INDICTED AFTER HE LEAVES IN A YEAR FOR CHILD TRAFFICKING. THAT MEANS YOU CAN INDICT JOE BIDEN FOR COCAINE POSSESSION. That means you can indict Joe Biden for financial fraud. It's insane. Under this theory that the Democrats are pushing, you can charge Abe Lincoln with murder for prosecuting the Civil War. It, it, it doesn't make any sense, and no one's going to buy it. I cannot wait till it gets to the high court.
0: So Jesse Waters isn't a lawyer, and he should probably avoid making broad statements about laws or court filings. Just saying, it also hadn't occurred to him that if Trump could argue that he could not be charged with a crime while he was president, the same rule could be applied to President Biden. Waters misses this completely. It's also a terrible idea to argue that Trump's role in the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol had anything to do with election integrity or his attempts to stay in office. Arguing that the riot was part of Trump's plan to delay the election certification or cast doubt on the election makes him look guiltier. I was just like laughing when Jesse Waters was talking on The Five. I'm like, you are so dumb. You are so, it's painful. So the stronger argument is that Trump had little to no influence over the crowd and that the incident was completely spontaneous and unrelated to his many claims of election fraud. And that is actually what he's tried to do. What he and his legal team have tried to do is say, well, I I gave this speech, but I also said, you know, march patriotically and peacefully. And I didn't know they were going to do this. And I was shocked that they did this. And that's basically what he's tried to do. Trying to say that this was like part of his plan or his strategy is the worst thing he could do legally. That should be very obvious. So moving on, (laughs) it was a wild week last week on Fox. On Wednesday, this was just Wow, this was crazy. Hunter Biden showed up unexpectedly to a hearing of the House Oversight Committee on a vote to hold him in contempt of Congress after he ignored a subpoena. Uh, The president's son has agreed to testify publicly, but the committee has insisted on a non-public deposition as part of their impeachment inquiry. So Hunter and his legal team showed up and then promptly left the chaotic event that included insults and representatives yelling over each other while the press hounded Biden. So Jessica Tarloff explains this better than I could ever explain it. Um, So I'm just gonna play her response on the five, the same day that this happened. It was Fox turned this into, my sister called me that night and she said, did you see the thing about Hunter Biden? And I said, Jill, I watch Fox for a living. Yes, I saw the thing about Hunter Biden. Are you kidding? (laughs) They were like, let's show the clip again, and let's show the clip again. Oh my goodness, here's the clip. There's Hunter Biden, he's in the House Oversight Committee. The clip. It was just like, oh my God. But anyway, Jessica Charloff from The Five.
4: The Republicans came off as completely unprepared to even deviate one sentence or one word from their prepared talking points. So James Comer is on video. He was giving an interview um, to Benny Johnson and was talking about when people come before the committee. And he made it clear, as he did to Hunter Biden, that you can do that behind closed doors, have a deposition like Devin Archer did, uh, not in public, or you can come out in public and do it. And that's what Hunter Biden had opted to do. And then Comer flipped out and he tried to take it back. So today's hearing. Spring. What? No, that yeah. was before the quote stunt of last month. He was supposed to be able to do it publicly. And yeah, what Hunter Biden didn't yeah, want was for the Republicans to continue to twist his words or to do what they did to Devin Archer, who testified the exact opposite of what Republicans said it in public. Anyway, it—you know as well as anyone—the power of television, right? You walk out from a closed-door deposition and you say, like Jim Jordan did, Devin Archer uh, implicated Joe Biden in this big corruption ring, and then. Guess what? The transcript doesn't add up to that at all. Devin Archer completely undermined the Republicans, but it's out there, and there are millions of people that believe it. This is there a were three legitimate main subpoenas that the I right want to talk about: legitimate, legitimate subpoenas. There were three incredibly embarrassing moments for Republicans—or my top three. Nancy Mace, in general, just embarrassing, screaming about white privilege, saying he's afraid of me. He showed up. He's sitting there. Swear him in. Let him talk. Then people like Scott Perry. Uh, Jim Jordan, people who are in the midst of defying subpoenas themselves, just sitting there railing about how important it is. And then you said Hunter Biden got bored and he left. He intentionally embarrassed Marjorie Taylor Green, who held up again another poster of his genitals. The woman is obsessed.
0: Yeah, Jessica Tarloff basically nailed it. That's exactly what happened. It is a very humorous clip, if you want to see it, um, if you want to see the whole thing. it, it is ju- It's kind of embarrassing, though. It doesn't make our Congress look good. They are just screaming at each other. Um, Nancy Mace does kind of have, like, a breakdown. Her thing about white privilege is, uh, what are you doing? And then Crockett from Texas, who's amazing, um, Representative Crockett, she just laid into her. She's a black woman and she just laid into Nancy It's Like, how dare you evoke white privilege to Hunter Biden? What are you talking about? And um, just because like, uh, like, bad. He, it was it was crazed. And then Marjorie Taylor Greene, of course, lost her mind when he walked out, dramatically walked out of the hearing. And it, it was just because he's basically like, I'll talk to you, but I want cameras on me the whole time. Let's do that. Because I, you know, I would agree with Jessica Tarloff. If he testifies privately, that's exactly what they'll do. Because that's exactly what they did to Devin Archer. Because most Americans are not going to spend hours like I would or another researcher or journalist going through a transcript of Devin Archer. Um, So they can just make things up. They can cherry pick and take one or two lines out of hours of testimony and say, well, see, there you go. There you go. I have, I openly admit, I've watched several uh, committee hearings that have lasted six hours. I break it up. I turn it into, like, two-hour segments, and I sometimes get on a treadmill, and I just walk, and I I watch these crazy long uh, sessions. I find them funny sometimes. But, yeah. But I'm a journalist. That's my job. Most Americans are not going to do that. But you can find it on YouTube if you want. It is... Um, amusing. Now back to Jesse Waters. This is one of the craziest things uh, I've ever seen him do and I've seen him do a lot. Now there was, the full segment was over five minutes and I just used a, a clip of it. I was watching him on Tuesday because he had Tony Robbins on and I call Tony Robbins a motivational speaker. He calls himself like a peak performance expert or some Something like that now. Um, I thought it would be fun because John Perticelli, the um, author and um, psychology researcher that I spoke to a couple weeks ago, um, I thought it'd be fun to send him the segment because he wants to kind of add something to the podcast and we'll see how that works out. Um, So I went ahead and clipped Jesse Waters and then I saw this segment and just went, What? So on Tuesday, Jesse Waters made some outrageous claims about Taylor Swift, one of the most popular pop stars in the world. And She's been popular for years. He tried to act like she came out of nowhere. No, she was signed to a label when she was a teenager, and she's pretty much been a superstar the entire time. She's now in her 30s. So Jesse had this crazy concept that she was a secret psyop, meaning a psychological operation, of the Defense Department. Now Jesse Waters based this on, and I probably guessed he got this from some like crazy right-wing source. I doubt he found this. I'm betting that this probably showed up somewhere on one of those like really wacky conspiracy theory websites and somebody at Jesse Waters and his staff picked it up, thought this was a good idea. So it was an old clip from a 2019 conference sponsored by NATO, where this presenter, and she's like a little awkward, shows an image of Taylor Swift during a presentation. In the heavily edited clip, this thing was cut up so much, it was like people were getting clipped kind of like mid-sentence almost, it was really nutty. A woman stands in front of a screen that included a couple of visual slides. In one image, there's a photo of Taylor Swift and the presenter says, I've included Taylor Swift in here because she's a fairly influential online person. I don't know if you've heard of her. And she's she's kind of like that awkward actually, um, so basically she's just saying like somebody like Taylor Swift is basically what she's doing, um, and she was talking about misinformation campaigns. So again, I can't really tell what was going on because this clip was edited so heavily that it was hard to even get a flow of what was going on here. But I wouldn't make much it wouldn't make much sense. This is very obvious to reveal a secret psyop, which is illegal psychological operation in a semi-public meeting that was being filmed. So what he showed was this is a semi-public meeting. You know, there's a camera on you and you're like, oh, by the way, we're breaking the law by hiring, which she did not say, Taylor Swift. She said, you know, when we're dealing with misinformation, sometimes, I don't know, there's some influential people online, such as Taylor Swift. That's what actually happened in the clip. Love to see the full clip unedited, but of course he didn't provide that. So um, Waters took this heavily edited clip as evidence that Taylor Swift had been hired by the government as some type of Pentagon asset.
3: Anyway, so is Swift a front for a covert political agenda? Primetime obviously has no evidence. If we did, we'd share it. But we're curious. Because the pop star who endorsed Biden is urging millions of her followers to vote.
0: Okay, Jesse Waters might want to look up the word covert and read the definition of that word because doing something publicly and grandly like, hi, I'm at a concert. I'm an incredibly popular pop star. Hey guys, go out and register to vote. That's not covert. That's the opposite of covert also the opposite of covert, is doing a presentation knowing you're filmed and saying, look, Taylor Swift. That would be the opposite of covert. And then Jesse Waters had a former FBI agent to talk about this, and I just wanna point out really quickly that an FBI agent does not work for the Department of Defense, which is what Jesse Waters was claiming or insinuating that Taylor Swift was doing. and that guy was a little goofy and then he was just like, well, psyops are illegal, but you never know. He didn't actually talk like that, but that's that's his that's his energy. And I couldn't help but think of another pop star that Fox has heavily featured in multiple interviews and, and specials on Fox Nation, and that would be the lesser popular or lesser known older Kid Rock. So Kid Rock is a Gen X um, man in his fifties who still calls himself Kid which already, okay, we're doing that. And um, he's very chummy with Trump. And on March 21st, 2022, Tucker Carlson had him on for an extended interview. And they also did like a feature on him on for Fox Nation. And this is a clip from that interview, which is far more alarming than a goofy 2019 NATO presentation.
3: Where'd you meet Trump?
1: Let meet Trump. Oh, got at the White House. There we ended up becoming buddies and spend a lot of time at the golf course now. And it's really weird, to get phone calls from them and stuff. It's just kind of mind blowing. You know, we're looking at maps. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, am I supposed to be like in? On the <laughs> I think we should do about North Korea? I'm like, <laughs> what? Do, 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 do. Just bullets coming at you, you know, from every angle. You're not playing venues that require VAX cards. No, and I'm not. No. That, why? Because it's stupid. And that's good enough.
0: So I just included that last bit about the vax thing, because I thought it was funny. Because it's like, okay, yeah. Two stupid people talking to each other. So, um, you know how we all project our own baggage and personal like insecurities sometimes onto other situations? Every time I see uh, Kid Rock and his hair is a disaster, I just think, dude, we have the same hair. It's Baby Fine Natural Blonde hair, and it is problematic. And you need to get some better products. You have a lot of money. You have a lot of money. Why does your hair look like that? Your hair looks terrible. Anyway, so Jesse Waters says what we've all been thinking. And this was my favorite clip from last week. It is eight seconds long. It is glorious. I posted it on Twitter, and somebody just wrote, I get it, no notes. And I start laughing my head off. I laughed my head off. Here's the clip.
3: Because that because th- podcasts, two hours long, three hours long, you're dealing now in the real world. That's why I don't go on podcasts because you, you, I'm exposed as an idiot after two minutes. Exactly.
0: Well, at least he knows self-awareness is important. Okay, now I'm singing on my podcast. Stop me, stop me. I laughed so hard at that clip, and for some bizarre reason, I think because it was so short, nobody else nobody else grabbed it. Nobody else that I know of grabbed it, and so I was, like, the only one that posted it, and it was just made me laugh every time. Made me laugh every time. At least you know, Jesse. At least you know. It's like why you're not going to see me signing up for any sort of softball team, because I know I will just bring the team down. I'm terrible at all sports, so we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Like, I've, over the years, I've had people be like, hey, join the softball team. We need, a, we need a girl. And I'm like, you don't need this girl. No, no, no. I'll bring cookies. We'll hang out. But we are not, you're not putting a bat in my hand because you will regret that. You will regret that choice. We are not putting me in outfield thinking, oh, you won't get the ball. I will get the ball and it will hit me in the face. We are not doing that. We are not doing that. So very quickly, just because I feel like I have to do it or I get um, comments like, why didn't you do that? I did a Vivek, I did a Vivek this week, but uh, very quickly, um, Iowa is tonight, so you better buckle up and see Donald J. Trump win this one because you know he's going to. Why are we even bothering? Okay, that's, that's, you know who that is. So next up we have stories Fox News ignored. Every week I compare the hours I've analyzed on Fox News to five hours of the PBS News Hour. The following list are stories that PBS covered that Fox News did not. It wasn't so bad this week because so much was focused on Iowa. Um, and there's, so, there's a ton of overlap. Like they, they were basically covering the same thing. With climate disasters, the Congo River has reached its highest level in 60 years, causing flooding in the capital of the Democratic Republic of Congo, as well as neighboring Republic of Congo. At least 300 people have died due to the flooding. Last year was the hottest on record, with temperatures much higher than any previous year, according to measurements by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, ONOA and NASA. The European Union also released similar findings. The overwhelming scientific consensus is that the burning of fossil fuels and the release of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere is warming the planet. Updates in the Ukraine war. Russia fired its largest barrage of hypersonic and cruise missiles during a winter assault on Ukraine. More than 50 missiles and drones targeted urban areas. The attack killed at least four civilians and injured 30 more. More than a 1,000 towns in Ukraine lost power due to an extreme winter storm and Russians' attacks on the electrical grid. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky traveled to the Baltic states to ask for support to help with Ukraine's air defenses. Russia pummeled Ukraine with over 500 drones and missiles over New Year's weekend. The U.K. promised $3.2 billion in new military aid for Ukraine and signed a 10-year security deal with the country. The package will include air defense equipment, anti-tank weapons, long-range missiles, ammunition and artillery shells, along with training for the Ukrainian military. And on to the rest of the news, starting next year, the college football playoffs will expand, allowing a dozen teams to compete for the title. A new proposal will allow NCAA Division I schools to pay student-athletes. Schools will have direct agreements with athletes over their name, image, and likeness. Pope Francis called for a worldwide ban on surrogate motherhood. He called it a threat to human dignity and a uterus for rent. A new law in South Korea will ban the raising and selling of dogs for food. Parliament voted today to ban the production and sale of dog meat. The bill received bipartisan support. The NCAA announced a broadcasting deal with ESPN that is worth over $900 million over eight years. The deal will heavily feature women's college sports, which have gained popularity in recent years. The NCAA women's basketball tournament, softball and women's volleyball championships all drew record-breaking television ratings last season. A grand jury in Ohio decided that Brittany Watts, 34, will not face criminal charges for abuse of a corpse after she suffered a miscarriage at home. She had sought help at a hospital after her water broke and she experienced bleeding when she was 21 weeks pregnant. After a few trips back and forth from the hospital, she told the staff that she'd miscarried at home. The hospital contacted the police, even though they had told Watts days earlier that her pregnancy was non-viable. A pathologist testified that the fetus died in the womb. Absolutely absurd that that woman was even, they even came close to charging her. PBS produced a story about a pauper's grave outside a jail in Jackson, Mississippi. Families were not notified about the death of loved ones that are buried there. In the past eight years, 215 bodies have been buried on the site. The families of some of the deceased are calling for a federal investigation into the burials. Alexei Navalny, a Russian political dissident, appeared in court via a video link. He disappeared last month, and his supporters said that they had lost contact with him for weeks. He is currently in a penal colony in the Arctic. He's serving a 19-year sentence after being convicted of extremism. Ralph Yarl, a gifted bass clarinet player of Kansas City, Missouri, has made the all-state band nine months after he was shot in the head. Jarl was shot after he accidentally knocked on the wrong door when he went to pick up his two younger brothers. An elderly white homeowner shot the unarmed teen. South Africa is accusing Israel of genocide against Palestinians in Gaza in the international court The Hague. The trial will most likely take years before the case is resolved. Israel dismissed the case as absurd blood libel. Israeli President Isaac Herzog said that the country would make the case that the war was one of self-defense and would show that Israel is doing its utmost to under extremely complicated circumstances to avert civilian casualties. Now, that is interesting because Fox didn't mention it at all. I talked about this on Twitter and some people who were pro-Israel were saying, well, I don't care. I would think that you'd want to know about that if you were pro-Israel. Basically, I think if you're pro-Israel or pro-Palestine, you'd want to know as much information as possible about this conflict. That's just how I see it. I'm not picking a side here, just saying I think it's important to know what's going on, and Fox is not telling its viewers much of anything. So Roman Catholic bishops across Africa rebuked Pope Francis over his ruling to allow priests to bless same-sex couples. The bishop said in a statement, unions of pers- persons of the same sex are contrary to the will of God and therefore cannot receive the blessings of the church. The United Negro College Fund received $100 million from the Lilly Endowment to help historically black colleges and universities, the largest <laughs> unrestricted donation to the fund since its founding 80 years ago. The fund should help support 37 institutions. In Gaza, the southern city of Ka was rocked with explosions. Officials from the Gaza Health Ministry estimate that nearly 24,000 have died in Gaza, with an additional 60,000 who are injured since the Israel-Hamas war started. Federal prosecutions in Buffalo, New York, will seek the death penalty against a gunman in the racially motivated shooting that killed 10 black victims at a supermarket. Peyton Grendon, a white supremacist, pleaded guilty to state murder charges and is serving a life sentence. The Justice Department is seeking the death penalty if he is convicted of federal hate crime. China helped broker a ceasefire in northeastern Myanmar. Beijing helped mediate the agreement between Myanmar's military and guerrillas that have seized towns near the border with China. Voters headed to the polls this weekend for presidential and parliamentary elections in Taiwan. The ruling Democratic Progressive Party pulled off an historic third consecutive presidential victory. PBS produced a segment about Bob Vander Plaats, an evangelical leader in Iowa that has been called the kingmaker in Iowa politics. Vander Plaats has successfully picked the winner in the Iowa caucus every year since 2008. He endorsed Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' In November. A new variant of COVID 19 is spreading across the United States and other parts of the world. Infections and hospitalizations are on the rise. So those are all the stories that um, PBS included that Fox News did not. Now on to by the numbers. Every week I compare the top five topics on Fox News with the top five topics on the PBS News Hour. I pick the PBS News Hour because it is nonpartisan. It is straight down the middle, and it is a high-quality news program. So for Fox, you had Border Crisis, 10%. Trump's Legal Problems, 10%. Biden Bashing, 8%. DeSantis, 2024. And Trump, 2024. That's mainly from their town halls, but they also talked about them quite a bit. So the PBS NewsHour, the top five topics for the week ending um, January 14th, 2024, The Israel-Hamas war at 11%. Republican presidential primary, that's kind of all of them, 9%. Israel charges in The Hague, 7%. Alaska Airlines accident, 6%. And Lloyd Austin in a hospital scandal where he was kind of missing. Nobody knew where he was. Both um, Fox and PBS talked about that. Now I want to briefly explain how PBS handled this Hague situation where South Africa is basically accusing Israel of committing genocide um, in this international court. They spent five minutes explaining the situation, sort of breaking down how the Hague works, what's going on here, why South Africa is doing what it's doing. And then they had on two experts. The first expert was someone who was definitely pro-Palestine, agreed with South Africa. He spoke for exactly six minutes, 15 seconds. He was not, nobody was combative with this person. He, j- he used to work with Human Rights Watch. They went back and forth. It was respectful. He got his opinion out. Then they had on somebody from a university in Israel, and this man spoke for six minutes and 15 seconds. And again, it was not like a crossfire where two people were screaming at each other or fighting. He spoke for six minutes and 15 seconds, and then they ended the segment. And I thought that is how you do it, especially with something this contentious, which gets people so angry and worked up instead of having two people screaming at each other and getting nothing accomplished. They both spoke for six minutes, 15 seconds. And I think if you want to defend Israel, or if you want to defend Palestine, the best way to do that is to use knowledge is power information. And so that's why I was saying that even if you are pro-Israel, Um, you would want to know about this. You don't want to just ignore it because it will be important. Even if, you know, this will drag on for years, who knows, even if you don't agree with it, I I think it's important to know about it. And I would say the same if you were pro Palestine. So, um, knowledge is power. Information is power. I don't know why you'd want to be in the dark on anything. If you're passionate about a topic like this. So next up, we have words used on Fox for the week ending January 14th, 2024. Trump at 522, Biden 569, border 213, Iowa 147, migrant 114, Hunter 108, election 99, Haley 92, DeSantis 94, Obama 62, Iran 57, China 56, Christie as in Chris Christie 52, Israel only 49, inflation 29, crime 27, Fauci, 27, Fentanyl, 15, Hillary, 11, Ramashwamy, 9, and AOC, as in Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, twice. So, and I also want to point out very quickly that in all of the town halls, all four of them, Trump was mentioned far more than Biden. Just thought that was interesting. So that's the podcast for the week. Thank you so much for listening. My podcast mascots, Odin and Thor, they're cats. They also send their love. You can find more about Decoding Fox News on Twitter, also known as X, Blue Sky um, Threads, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Instagram feed gets very funny in the comments section. And also, if you'd like to become a paid subscriber for Decoding Fox News, you can go to Substack for Decoding Fox News, Patreon for Decoding Fox News, and there's also a little dollar sign next to my name on Twitter. I don't make a lot of money doing this. I'm basically scraping by, but I'm very hopeful as this project continues to grow every single month. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you at the next podcast.